podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Are you thinking more about how to tighten up your budget these days? Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save over $700 on average, and customers can qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up. A little off your rate each month goes a long way. Get a quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Discounts vary and are not available in all states and situations. Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where tonight we are previewing the Crystal Palace versus Liverpool game coming up this uh, this Saturday, Saturday sorry, down in um, London, Salas Park. So joining me tonight, we have with us once again for the, for the red side of things, we have Jay Riley. You can catch uh, Jay regular with us on the Cop Table now and also on the Radio City Fan Friday Talk show in uh, in Liverpool. Um, how are you doing, Jay? Good to be back on. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, it's all good. You know, looking forward to the proper football, shall we say, on Saturday. And with the international breaks over now until next year, so you know that's great. And we've got a massive games coming up, and it all starts on Saturday at Selhurst Park. Yeah, like you say, it's it's good now that the international football is out the way for for a long period of time, and we we can focus on um, on the bread and butter of the Premier League, can't we? So that's uh, one thing to look forward to. So yeah, joining us for Crystal Palace this evening is Steve Trendall. You can uh, get to uh, Steve on Twitter, CPFC Pants. Uh, got a good account going there. Lots of uh, funny stuff going on. So he was with us last year on the cop table, and we uh, we messed up after the game last year, didn't we? So uh, welcome back on, Steve. How are you? Yeah, great. Um, it's, it's actually a new account. It's uh, it's um, um, the previous one I lost, but this one's a new account from uh, from last year. Um, delighted to be back on, and yeah, honoured honoured to be asked uh, to be involved. Cheers, lads. Yeah, more than welcome, Steve. And uh, while you're the home side, we're going to start off uh, with yourself, Steve, and uh, talk a little bit about Palace's previous form. Um, just looking at the past couple of fixtures, he was up against Leicester and um, and Chelsea. Same results, same scoreline, two two zero, wasn't it? So just gives a little bit of um, feedback on on your thoughts and uh, and how Palace performed and then them two games, please, Steve. I think um, the Chelsea and Leicester game kind of proved um, quite a difference in in the ability and, and the skill levels of both teams and I think we were undone by just that, that extra bit of quality. Um, Leicester were fantastic against us. Uh, first half against Chelsea, not too bad. We held our own, but in the end, that, that quality to, uh, uh, told and um, we, we didn't really have an answer in both games. Um, so, I hoped for a better result in each game, but I kind of expected the worst, and it kind of um, proved that point really. And sadly, we we ran out uh, losing both games. Okay, cheers, Steve. Right then, Jay, 
similar uh, one for you. Little look back at our, our last Premier League game, which was the the three-one victory against Manchester City. Uh, fine performance, wasn't it? And um, to come away from from that game was for, with three points was 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 super for us and took us a clearer City and um, give us a little bit of a buffer. Above them, didn't it? So, just give us your your thoughts on the on the performance and and the, the effect that this could have over City of the the rest of the season, please, Jay. Yeah, it was an absolutely massive victory, wasn't it? And to go nine points clear of them was it's a big buffer, as you say. And it's it's mad, really, when you look at the table that Leicester and Chelsea are actually above Man City and they're in fourth place now. But I think we all know that the main contenders for the title this season are Man City and. Like you say, nine points is a big gap, isn't it? And, you know, it's just one of them things. It's only 12 games gone. We've got to remain grounded, really, because there's still 26 games to go. And if you look back to last season, you know, I think going into that game when we played Man City at the Etihad in January time, I think we were seven clear with the opportunity to go 10 clear. And obviously they beat us and it was four. And, you know, you've got to still look at the fact that there's a lot of games to go. The only good thing from our point of view is the fact that Liverpool have played quite a lot of the top teams now. And you look at Manchester City, they've not really played anyone. I mean, they played against us and lost. And the other than that, they've had Tottenham where they drew their own 2-2. They've had relatively easy fixtures, you know, and they've got some big games coming up. So that gap, if Liverpool can go on a bit of a run now, I mean, you know, it's going to be difficult because January time, before we get to January time, Liverpool have got a host of fixtures, haven't they? We go to Qatar for the World Club Cup and we've also got a crucial Champions League game against Napoli next week as well. And we've got a quarter final game in the, in the Caribou Cup against Aston Villa, which, you know, is a little bit of an inconvenience now, really. And we're going to probably have to play kids in it. But, you know, you're looking at it thinking, Man City have got some really tough games coming up and if Liverpool can win these games now before we go away to Qatar, we could open up a massive gap on them. So, you know, it was a massive victory to get over Man City because if they would have beat us, it would have narrowed the gap to three points and, you know, it would have opened it up massively really. But with Liverpool getting the victory, that nine points is huge, isn't it? And hopefully they'll be a little bit disheartened by that and, you know, maybe they will throw all their eggs in the basket of the winning the Champions League because we all know Guardiola really wants to win the Champions League, doesn't he? He's won the Premier League two seasons on the spin, hasn't he? And, you know, of course, the Champions League is what they want and Liverpool won that last season and the irony of it is Liverpool really want to win the Premier League and, you know, it's... I don't know. I mean, I thought Man City actually played quite well at Anfield. It's one of the best performances that they've, they've had under Guardiola. I mean, if you look at when he played us in the, in the Champions League, when it, we beat them 3-0, we completely blitzed them, didn't we, for the first half hour, second half, they come into the game, but, you know, they didn't perform great, and Liverpool won the game 3-0, when we beat them 4-3 in the league that season as well, Liverpool absolutely murdered them, it was 4-1, and basically they scored two late goals, to, to the scoreline flattered them really in a way, because Liverpool totally controlled the game, um, even last season, the 0-0 game, it was a bit of a stalemate in the sense that we cancelled each other out. They showed us a bit too much respect. We showed them a bit too much respect and they got a penalty late on. Mahrez ballooned it over the bar, but you know the game was, was awful as a spectacle. But I thought City actually done quite well. He started off really, really brightly and you know they had the shout, didn't he, for a penalty on Trent Alexander-Arnold and you know, Liverpool went down the other end and straight away, I think it was 25 seconds and 
Fabinho, a fantastic strike to make it 1-0. But, you know, all the uproar over VAR, I mean, what you've got to look at is it hits Bernardo Silva's hands first before it hits Trent Alexander-Arnold's hands. So, you know, yeah, maybe the game should have been blown up for, for an incident there because there was two handballs. Maybe it wouldn't have got to the stage where Fabinho had the opportunity to score. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're saying that they should have got a penalty, but... Bernardo Silva and balls are in the box, so you know that's the initial foul, isn't it? Um, Liverpool then went two 0 up quite quite quickly after that fantastic move. I mean, Trent Alexander Arnold's been brilliant this season, hasn't he? In terms of his delivery, getting forwards, his assists and stuff, and scored a great goal at Chelsea. But what a wonderful crossfield pass to Andy Robertson and a brilliant ball over to Salah, perfect time, and he nods it on for two 0 and. You know, it was a very good first half, really, after that. Liverpool got more of a foothold in the game and, you know, controlled it, I thought. And in the second half, I mean, Liverpool did wear the better side for, for long periods until, I mean, we obviously went 3-0 up early on. Fantastic ball by Jordan Henderson and there he was, Mane. You know, there was all talk in the build-up of the game about Mane Guardiola said he, he, he likes to have a dive. Well, he certainly dived for that because it was a dive and header to make it 3-0. Um, but then, like I say, City come on strong and didn't he towards the end of the game? And they pulled one back through Bernardo Silva. And then every time they went forward after that, you would, it just looked like they were going to get another one and pull another one back. I mean, Liverpool made a couple of changes. Henderson went off, didn't he? Milner came on and Oxley Chamberlain come on. And we had to bring Joe Gomez on as well because Sterling just was he was attacking us down that side and he was getting a lot of joy really and he had another shout for a penalty and there was another shout for a penalty on handball on Trent Alexander-Arnold and Man City did finish the game really strongly didn't he and you know Guardiola was was frustrated at the end because he knows that that's probably their best performance at Anfield in his time as, as Man City manager and there they were on the end of a 3-1 defeat and now nine points behind us in the title race so you know, it was a, an absolutely huge victory for Liverpool. And the important thing now is, I mean, obviously we've just had the international break, which is was very frustrating, really, because, you know, the momentum we could have got from that victory against Man City has been halted, hasn't it, if you like, because of the international break. But Liverpool did have injury issues as well with Salah and obviously Andy Robertson. And we've still got them issues now going into this game against Palace. But after beating Man City, it's vitally important to make sure we go to Sellers Park and don't slip up and drop points because all the hard work that we've done beating Man City, we don't want it to be undone, do we, by going to Sellers Park and dropping points. So it's vitally important on Saturday. Yeah, spot on there, Jay. Sorry, I was just on uh, mute for one second there. Yeah, just before we um, we move on with more of the podcast, I'm just going to put the, the question out there to win the LFC Retro white Hitachi top that's being provided to us by the, the team over at three retro. So, uh, anyone who, who's watching the show, if you, if you can, uh, like the show, retweet it and then put your answer into the, into the chat room or onto our Twitter page, YouTube, whichever way you want to go about it, you can, you can enter the competition whichever way you want. So the question is, um, for everybody tonight. Born in 1966, this player played for England three times. His LFC career lasted for 94 games, uh, and he also helped beat LFC in an FA Cup final. Who am I? So that's the question for tonight. Born in 66, played for England three times, Liverpool career, 94 games, 
beat Liverpool in an FA Cup final, which player is it? So anybody who knows the answer or thinks they know the answer, put it into the chat room, onto the Twitter page, whichever way you want to go about it, and we will pick a winner at random, whoever gets the question right. So back over to uh, Steve then. Just... uh, Gonna ask you a little bit about Crystal Palace's form after, after previous, uh, international breaks, Steve, and, um, how are they looking injury wise, considering that you've, you've also had players away, haven't you, on international duty? Um, can you give us a little bit of information on that, please, Steve? Currently, we only got a couple of injuries in the squad at the moment. Sacco, uh, he brings himself back, he plays a little bit, and then he gets injured again, so, I think as as he's aged, he just seems to be more and more suspect to, to injury. But to be honest with you, we haven't overly missed him because Cahill has been an absolute rock at the back and his leadership and guidance that he's he's kind of embodied onto the players that have been with him who, you know, you can argue are, are not as good but have, have brought up their standards in the way that they've played, like the, the likes of Tompkins and even Martin Kelly. He's been... Uh, you know, solid as a rock. Unfortunately, he got injured, but he's he's on his way back. Um, we've also got Joel Ward, uh, who picked up a groin strain. Um, so I'm not sure what we're going to do there. Probably likely if Kelly's uh, recovered properly, that he'll replace him at right back uh, for the meantime um, with Tomkins and uh, Cahill in the, in the middle. So... Um, Injuries-wise, you know, we're not too bad. Um, the, the form after the previous international break hasn't been great. Uh, the fixture list that we've had hasn't been too kind to us. We picked up a win against uh, West Ham uh, with our good old friends VAR, which is quite nice. Um, but then we've we've lost um, against Man City. Uh, which was a comprehensive 2-0 win for them. We, we didn't really put up any fight, to be honest, and probably over-respected them, um, which we tend to do against the big sides. Uh, we then drew uh, with Arsenal, with our good old friends VAR again, they've been involved. Uh, and then, obviously, we've lost to Leicester and Chelsea. So, form's not been great, but the, the, the fixture list hasn't been too kind either. And the fixtures that we've got coming up, the likes of Burnley, Bournemouth, um, Brighton, that those sort of fixtures that are coming up will allow us to maybe gain a bit of traction and push on a little bit towards the top top ten, even even the top six. Because we're only one win away uh, from being in fifth, where Sheffield United currently uh, occupy. So yeah, it's it's not too bad the form um, overall season wise, but the last five games have been. Pretty poor, to be fair. Okay, thanks, Steve. Right then, Jay, uh, a little bit of uh, a look at Liverpool's previous form af- after international breaks. It's it's not being too kind to us um, of later from from like previous memories, and um, we've we've had a few injury situations coming back from these, but we seem to have been pretty lucky this time, apart from the obvious ones of Salah and, and Robertson, who were um, looking. Unlikely, shall we say, struggling at the moment to be fit to this get for this game. So, just give us your thoughts on um, Liverpool's performances after the international break, and and how can we we rectify that with a with a good performance and, and taking the the points from from Palace at the weekend, Jay? Well, yeah, I mean, notoriously Liverpool tend to struggle, don't they, after international breaks and. 
you know, that's going back a couple of years, really, and certainly under Jurgen Klopp. And this season, we've already had two international breaks. I think the first one, we had Newcastle at half-twelve kick-off on a Saturday, and we actually went a goal down, didn't we, early on, and managed to pull it back and won the game 3-1. But it was a far from vintage performance, shall we say, but it was all about the three points, getting them against Newcastle, certainly after going a goal down. Um other than that, I think the last one was against Manchester United, wasn't it? And this is, you know, the irony of it is that's the only game this season in the Premier League where Liverpool have dropped points and we drew the game one all. And it was a late Adam Lallana goal that, you know, made, got us a point really, saved our blushes from losing to a very poor Manchester City team, Manchester United team. Um, but it was just a, a disjointed performance at Old Trafford, wasn't it? We didn't play well at all. We only really started playing well the last 15 minutes of the game and it was very infuriating really because we all know Manchester United are not the team they once were. They're very poor. The manager's not great either. So I think Klopp will be a bit disappointed with that, the aspect of he's gone up against Ole Gunnar Solskjaer twice now and both times have been at Old Trafford and both times the games have been really poor, haven't they? And we haven't managed to beat them. Um, but in that game, Salah missed out. And as you've just touched on there, there's a big possibility Salah's going to miss out against Palace on Saturday as well. So it's it's an obvious concern going into this game because Liverpool do tend to be a little bit disjointed, shall we say, after the international break. And it, it's not ideal because we haven't had the opportunity, have we, to work as a team at Melwood. So we're probably only going to get, what, two days maximum, are we, to prepare for this game? So it's not great, but it's certainly something Liverpool needs to address moving forward. But, you know, listen, on, on Saturday, it's all about getting the three points. And I fully expect it to be a hard four game, a very tough, tough game as well. The tricky place to go, a tight pitch and, you know, an old fashioned stadium and what have you. So, you know, they create a good atmosphere as well down at Sellers Park. So it's going to be tricky. And, you know, with it being on the back of an international break, as I touched on before, it's not great because the momentum that we could have got from the City victory has been halted because of the international break. So it's going to be a very intriguing game. Great stuff. Cheers, Jay. OK, then, uh, Steve, looking forward to the game. Obviously, you, you mentioned then that there's uh, there's doubts over Sacco with an injury and, and one or two other players. But just give us what you, you're expected the uh, starting eleven's going to be for, for Palace um, this coming Saturday, please. Uh, well, I think we're going to start with Gator in goal. Um, he's, he's back from injury. Uh, he, he, he should be a shoe in to be yeah, the number one. Uh, followed by Cahill and Tonkins in the middle, PVA on the left, and I think Martin Kelly will end up being on the right uh, with Ward's groin injury, unless Ward's made a re- re- um, remarkable recovery. Um, Luka, uh, Milivojevic, uh, MacArthur, and Kiate in, uh, in the middle. With Townsend and Zaha um, on the wings with Ayu up front is, is the way I suspect it to be. Uh, Hodgson might do a bit of a, a U-turn on that and just put Zaha and Ayu up front um, and, and play MacArthur out wide, which he tr- he's tried on one or two occasions this season. But for me, that doesn't work. He's not a winger. Um, so I, I suspect it to be a 4-3-3 uh, with Zaha just alternating um, in that space just behind IE just to give him a bit of support um, don't 
really see there being much difference to that. Although you never know with Hodgson, he does he does throw the odd curveball in from time to time. Excellent stuff, thanks, Steve. Okay then, Jay. Um, obviously, we we spoke a little bit about Liverpool's injury situation as well, didn't we? With um, with the possibilities of Robertson and Salah having to miss out this game, we've also got Joel Matip haven't we missing as well? So um, looks like three three injury issues for us there. But who do you see coming in to to replace these these players? Obviously, you've got the the option of Milner, haven't you, at left back, and or Joe Gomez, who's also looking to be fit. Then you've got the the situation of who do you replace Mohamed Salah with on that right hand side? Do you move Mane out and bring Origi onto the left, or would you bring Chamberlain in straight onto that right hand side? First of all, how do you, how would you play it, and how do you think that Jurgen Klopp will will decide his um, is lined up on, on Saturday, please, Jay. Let's do this fast. Your cousin from Boston. Sam Adams Summer Ale is brewed with a hint of citrus. Perfect for a hot summer day. Like this one. End of commercial. It's peak tanning hours, dude. I'm out. Sam Adams Summer Ale. The Boston Beer Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Drink responsibly. Well, I think Robertson surely will play. And, and the reason why I say that is because he's had this injury for a couple of weeks now. So this is nothing new. He's been managing this injury. He's not really been training, you know, every single day in the build-up to games. He had it in the lead-up to the game against Aston Villa. He had it in the lead-up to the game against Manchester City. So he still played in in those games. So I I get the impression he, he should be able to play. I mean, it'll be a bit surprising that he's actually just had two weeks break now because he didn't go away with Scotland. And then all of a sudden he's he's not available for selection. To me, I think it'd be a bit surprising if he doesn't start. But we have to base it on the fact that he is a doubt because that's what all the talk is coming out of Melwood that he is a doubt for the game. So on that basis, you you are probably looking at James Milner playing left back. Which you know James Milner a couple of seasons ago had a full season there playing left back out of position because basically Klopp didn't trust Alberto Moreno because he was an empty head. And to be honest, I don't think many people trust us out there, so Moreno. But the thing with Milner, he's not getting any younger. He's 33 years of age now. And the only thing I will say, he's, he's like a Duracell bunny, isn't he? He's, he's ultra fit. He's a, he's a model professional. And if he gets asked to play in any role, he, he'll do a job for us. But it's, it's not ideal, is it? And it's certainly not ideal if he's coming up against wingers in the form of Wilfred Zaha or Andros Townsend, because both of them are quite quick and tricky and, Certainly Zaha, and I remember last season the game at Anfield, Zaha gave him a torrid time and he ended up being sent off in the second half, Milner. So, I mean, I wouldn't be a massive fan of putting him there, but then what's the alternative? Because Joe Gomez played left-back, didn't he, in the Super Cup against Chelsea? And I don't think he had the best of games, to tell you the truth. Sorry, he was right-back and then he switched over to the left-hand side. And I don't think he had the best of games and I don't think he really likes playing left-back. I think he played there when when he first signed for the club under Rodgers a couple of games, and I, I just don't think he's suited to being a fullback. He, he's he's far better being a centre half, um, but he's also a little bit of an injury doubt as well after leaving the England camp, wasn't he, in midweek? So uh, let's hope that Robertson's fit because it is a little bit of an issue for me going into this game because of the the type of players that. Milner, if he did have to play, they would be coming up against. So let's hope he is fit. Um, I, I think Lovren will be centre half with Van Dijk 
I know there's the issue about Van Dyke leaving uh, the training camp for Holland because he had personal issues. Now, it's not really being revealed what them personal issues were, but I'm assuming he's going to be okay to start the game on Saturday. Since Alexander-Arnold's obviously the right-back, um, midfield, as ever, is always like a dilemma who, who plays in midfield. But because Jordan Henderson never played for England and he's basically been ill, hasn't he? I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't start this game. I think Fabinho should be fine to start the game as well because what you've got to look at is, you know, Fabinho, he missed out, didn't he, the game against Aston Villa because we didn't want him to pick up the, the fifth book which would have built about the City. He played against City, scored the goals, there's no reason why he wouldn't start this game away from home because when you look at Crystal Palace's midfield area, it's quite combative, isn't it, really, with MacArthur and Kiyati and uh, Milievich as well. You know, the, the, the good, Milievich is a good footballer, but he likes to put his foot in, and Kiyati's a bit of a beast in the middle of the park, and McCarthy likes to put his foot in as well. So we're going to need Fabinho in the middle of the park for, you know, because it's going to be a bit of a battle, really, isn't it? Um, Wijnaldum is in fantastic goal scoring form, isn't he, for Holland? He got a hat trick in midweek. Um, you know, again, he's another one. He, it's, he's part of the trio that Jürgen Klopp tends to go with. He, he likes the, the Wijnaldum, and Fabinho and Henderson trio. So, with the fact that Salah potentially could be out of this game injured, you would like to think it's a toss-up between Oxlade-Chamberlain and Oregi to start. But if you go back to the game against Manchester United when Salah missed that game, he basically switched Mane to the to the right hand side, played Origi on the left, and had Firmino up top, and it just didn't work. We 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 were awful really for for large parts of that game. We just never got going. We really struggled, and I don't like the idea of changing players' positions. Mane's been fantastic this season playing on the left hand side, so realistically he should just stay on the left hand side. The only problem with that is is the fact that. If you're going to keep a 4-3-3 system, then that would mean Oxlade-Chamberlain playing on the right. And to be honest, Oxlade-Chamberlain's not really suited to that role. He's better playing as the more advanced central midfield player. So it is a dilemma, really, for, for the team selection for Klopp because I think the way Oxlade-Chamberlain's been performing the last couple of weeks, he scored three goals in the Champions League, two against Genk away. He scored one at Anfield, which proved to be the match winner. He also scored for England, didn't he, in, 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 um, in midweek in, in Kosovo. Uh, no, sorry, it wasn't in Kosovo. He scored against Montenegro, didn't he? Um, but he also, he also scored for Liverpool in, in the Caribou Cup game in Starstal. So he's actually in very good goal-scoring form. The only thing I will say, though, is would you change the shape of the team? And when I say change the shape, for me, it would have to be like a 4-3-1-2 and Oxlade-Chamberlain would be the one behind Mane and Firmino up top. But then that sort of like contradicts what I've said there about not changing Mane's position because he's been brilliant on the left-hand side of a front three, hasn't he? So that would mean him going up top with Firmino because the Ox then would play him behind them. So it's a little bit of a dilemma for Klopp because it's not clear, is it? When you've got a couple of injuries, sometimes you do have to juggle, juggle the system around a little bit. And if you look back to last season, he played the four-two-three-one, didn't he? Quite a few times before the turn of the year, and certain games it worked, certain games it never worked. Um, but I just think sometimes when you've got an injury or two in your team, 
you'll have to make these decisions and you'll have to change it around a little bit and shuffle the pack and I personally would, would go with Oxley Chamberlain. I think he deserves a start in this game. But like I say, the big, the big question is, do we stick to a 4-3-3 and play Ox on the right hand side or does he change the system? So all will be revealed on Saturday. I just want to add, add something on there, Gav. Uh, if it does turn out to be, um, Milner at left back, I think that could give us quite a decisive edge in terms of our attacking ability because as Jay mentioned, Zaha run rings around Milner last season. Uh, up, up at Anfield um, and I, I just think it's going to cause quite a bit of a problem for you guys and I think Van Dijk will certainly have to come over and cover quite a lot which could leave it could leave the middle a bit open as well so I mean Robertson he's injured he, a lot of the noise is saying that he's injured but uh, as Jay mentioned he might have recovered he's had a couple of weeks to do that so if Robertson lines up then yeah, then obviously you're a lot stronger. But if Milner is, is the one to go at left back, I think um, that gives you quite a bigger problem than you than you first feared, really. Yeah, and it all depends whether um, which side of the the pitch Zaha is going to line up on, doesn't it? Because he, he does tend to play him on that left-hand side, cutting in on his right foot. So does he then choose to, to move Zaha over to where Milner is? So, yeah, it will, will be interesting to see um, which, which way Roy... Takes uh, takes advantage of a possible um, injury to Robertson, but yeah, we shall see about that one on on Saturday. But yeah, just to get into the into the chat room, there's uh, one or two questions in there for yourself, um, Jay. There's um, I think it was North Red. It's gone off my screen at the moment. One of the guys was asking in there about uh, Jordan Jaden Sancho, should I say? And um, what's your thoughts on on a possible move for him? And also. Uh, a possible move for Ryan Fraser. Just give us your thoughts on them too, Jay. Yeah, well, as regards Sancho, there was we got wind of it, didn't we, in the summer that Liverpool were really interested in him and wanted to try and sign him, but it was Dortmund just basically wouldn't do business with Liverpool last summer, and he's always someone that Klopp's had in mind to to potentially sign for Liverpool. So I do think it's something that could happen in the summer. I really do. I mean. All, all the vibes are that he wants to move back to England. You know, his time in Germany, he's, he's sort of like learned his trade there. He's done his apprentice there, if you like, when Man City let him go and he ended up at Dortmund. And he's come on leaps and bounds, hasn't he? And now he's playing quite regularly for England as well. And he's obviously got a massive future. And he, you know, he's, he looks a very, very good player for the age of 19. He, you know, he, he does look something special. But what I will say is, you know, it's it's going to cost them a hell of a lot of money, though. And you know, when you look back to Dortmund, they sold Dembele to Barcelona for 133 million pounds after them having one season at Dortmund, one good season. Now, you know, Sancho's had a good season last season. There, I don't think he's had the best of times this season because you know, for whatever reason, things may may well have changed at the club there, and maybe they they have got wind of the fact that he wants to return to England, but. If he becomes available in the summer, Liverpool will certainly be looking to try and assign him. The only thing is, he's going to cost a lot of money, as I said. So, probably looking at a minimum of a hundred million. And some might say, will Liverpool really spend a hundred million pound on a player? Well, you know, we spent seventy-five million on Van Dijk, which 
you know, it's it's approaching two years now since we signed him in the January time. So, you know, who knows? It could happen. And don't forget, Liverpool are going to get a new sponsorship deal, aren't they, with Nike for next season. So maybe that'll play a part in it and that'll fund, it'll bankroll bank the transfer a little bit. But then you'll also get the ones that the fans will say, well, if Liverpool are going to spend £100 million on a player, who are we selling? So that's always the dilemma, isn't it? Because you think you're going to sign a star player for a big amount of money, but, you know, are we going to sell someone? So it remains to be seen, but, you know, Liverpool are 100% certainly after Jadon Sancho. Excellent, thanks, Jay. And, uh, yeah, thanks to everybody who's been putting the comments into the, the chat room, North Red, uh, the Judge 1 and uh, Maverick 5. Uh, seems to be agreeing about starting Oxley chamberlain Maverick also says uh, totally agree. Jay, start the Ox in the PL game. Needs No need to change formation. Oh, sorry, no need to change formation somewhat to compensate as he does um, cover Henderson in all areas of the game. So, yeah, thanks for your thoughts on that. Right, so we've got uh, 10 minutes left of the live show. So we've also got to fit in the, the song by uh, a Liverpool band that's been in touch with us. So before we uh, do that, I'm going to get a score prediction off uh, you two lads. And first of all, I'm going to come to you, Steve, and give us your thoughts on a score prediction and your reasons for that, please. Well, uh, as discussed, if uh, you start with Milner, and um, obviously it, it depends on the formation and, and your starting lineup. If it's a little bit more negative than your usual lineups have been, I think I think we we could sneak a draw. Um, it's going to be a tough ask. Um, I'm not going to deny that, but a draw could be within our reaches. If you start with Robertson and and you've got a strong lineup, um, Chamberlain in the middle, etc. Uh, I see nothing but a loss, and I think it'll be two one to Liverpool. That's, that's my thoughts. 2-1 for you, Steve. OK, Jay, your thoughts on that, please? Yeah, well, as we said before, um, after the international break, it's it's never easy. And it's always, it tends to be disjointed, shall we say. Um, and with Liverpool having a couple of injury issues as well, it's, it's, I'm expecting a really tough game. As I said before, it's a tight pitch. You know, they, they create a really good atmosphere at Sellers Park, the Palace fans... It's an old-fashioned stadium, and you know I just think it's going to be really tricky. I mean, last season we won there two 0 and we scored a late goal. James Milner penalty late on. Uh, sorry, James Milner made it one 0 didn't he? And then we scored a late goal, didn't we? On the break, I think it was, and Sadio managed to make it two 0 So I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at it thinking it's one of them games where they've been a little bit of a bogey team to Liverpool over the years. I mean. The last team to beat Liverpool at Anfield, and I know this game's at Sellers Park, but you know we who can forget that the three-three draw that we had when we were going for the title five years ago, and we were three 0 up with ten minutes to go, and ended up drawing the game three-three. And it's it's never it's you always feel like it's a tough place to go. It's a tough game, and I just think that with it being on the back of an international break, I just think it could be a really really difficult one, and. It's one thing that I said before as well. You know, you, it's it's one thing beating Manchester City, but two weeks later to go to Sellers Park and drop points would be would be a you know it'd be a disappointment, wouldn't it? Really, we've got to make sure that we get the three points, however it may come. Um, and and I just think it's going to be a horrible bitty game. But I do think Liverpool 
would you a clean sheet? I said it a last couple of weeks ago against Manchester City. Everyone was, was saying, oh, it'd be goals galore because City, the, the attack and prowess that they've got, everyone expected them to score. And I just had a little sneaky feeling we might have kept a clean sheet against them. And, you know, up until 78 minutes, we we did have a clean sheet, didn't we, until Bernardo Silva scored late on. And I just think it's one area that Liverpool needs to improve upon. And I've just got a little sneaky feeling we could get one at the weekend at Sellers Park. I mean, a take on board Zaha always tends to do well against Liverpool. And if he's up against Milner, then we could be in for a, a tricky afternoon. But I've got a feeling Robertson will be OK to start. And I just think it'll be a really tight game. I just think Liverpool might sneak it, so I'll go for a, a 1-0 Liverpool win. 1-0 victory for you, Jay, yeah, 2-1 for Steve, yeah. I think uh, pretty much similar to what Jay's been, been saying there, it's it's a very difficult place to go to at the best of times, isn't it, Crystal Palace, like you say, they, they can't have uh, whip a noise up there behind the goal, they've got some great support and... Fans are very close to the pitch. It can, it can be intimidating at times. And if Palace did manage to get a goal and went into the lead, I think we'd find it very, very difficult. But like Jay says, I think we we are due a clean sheet. I'll, um, I'm going to go with that as well. And I just think with with Mane, Firmino, um, backed up with with Wijnaldum after his his hat trick for for Holland in the week, I think his confidence is going to be sky high. And I, I just think. After the Manchester City game, we need to to keep progressing, keep keep on um, keep on picking up the the victories to to keep our lead at, at the top of the table. So I'm going to go with a two nil victory for Liverpool in this game. I just think uh, that we'll have that little bit too much for them uh, in attack. Could cause us a few problems. Obviously, Palace with the with the aerial. Um, with the aerial side of the game that they have if Benteke is there. But I just think Virgil will, will be able to, to look after that side of us uh, for us. So I'm going to go with a 2-0 victory for Liverpool. Yeah, there is uh, one person I've seen. I will go back through the chat room after the show who, who has got the answer right to um, to the quiz question. So if, if anybody else have, if have missed it, we will uh, we will go through and check and see who's uh, who we're going to pick to to win the prize. So just before we um, we finish up, lads, we have to uh, say usual thanks to the day trippers for, for putting us out on their, on their podcast and their, their streams. Big thanks to the at Liverpool online Facebook, Twitter, Instagram pages that uh, put out all our podcasts on their their platform. Also, don't forget to keep up to date with the No More Knives campaign based in uh, Liverpool Merseyside area. Paul Bentley, uh, Lee Butler. Then people over there doing doing really good things and lots of events coming up in between now and uh, and Christmas time. So follow their pages, Paul Bentley, Lee Butler, the No More Knives campaign. There's there's lots going on there, boxing events and and things like that. So yeah, check them out. So yeah, back on to where we've been playing songs more. Uh, lately on the podcast as well, which we, we was doing previously this season, we did step away from it a little bit, but we're we're trying to bring um, bring that back into the to the podcast as well. So, uh, band that's been in t- touch with us this week uh, are a Liverpool band. Uh, they're called Red Sails, and the song that I'm going to play for you tonight by these guys is called Dust. Down, down, I 
Fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.